Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace. Strengthening the Saints against Islam's assault on North America. Well, welcome back once again to the Corner of Truth and Courage. You're listening to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace. This week we've been talking on the subject of uh, creationism versus evolution. Our guest has been Skip Tilton, the founder of From Day One Ministries. Now, I've known Skip for a number of years. Uh, we were students together in Bible college back in the 80s, and and uh, we kind of bumped uh, into each other uh, here recently, and uh, he has ventured out on his own. He used to work for Answers in Genesis. He used to travel and speak for them and teach, and uh, also was heavily involved in the Creation Museum over there in the Midwest, and uh, he's our guest today. We've been kind of breaking down the arguments that are out there and giving a biblical answer, uh, some cognitive reasoning to the evidence that the Genesis account is scientific, it is um, plausible, provable, and not just an acceptance of faith. And we've got a little bit more in our interview with him, so let's uh, continue with that. Here we go. Dr. Michael Ord has done tremendous research on the biblical worldview of integrating the Ice Age into that worldview. And I agree with him um, in, in what he's saying about how the mechanism for it happens at the end of the flood and the Ice Age starts. And the average duration for the Ice Age would be about 700 years. So some of the other things you mentioned, consider what would happen. The Ice Age, the ice is building on top of the, of, of, of the land. The estimates are as uh, 30% of water was in storage at the height of the Ice Age. You're talking about ice that's 2,000 feet high on the North American continent, basically on the northern edges of the United States going northward, upwards to 4,000 feet high in Antarctica. Land bridges would be exposed all over the place, including a massive one that they call Beringa, which is in between Russia and Alaska. And so while this land is exposed, there's hundreds of years for the animals that have gotten off the ark to breed, to multiply, for vegetation to grow, for massive amounts of herds to be created for the animals that went north who started walking across Beringa into the North American continent. But then when the ice reaches its maximum height, then it begins to melt. And as it begins to melt, the ocean levels begin to rise. The land bridges begin to go away. The water temperature becomes cooler. The tropical climate that exists in the areas in the Arctic starts to go away. And then that condition continues until it levels out to the current conditions we have today. So now again, it's cold up north. It's not warm anymore. But what do we find? What's the evidence we find up there in, in, let's say, Alaska? We have permafrost. We have evidence of jungles. We have evidence of heavy grasslands. We have evidence of animals that thrived on that vegetation in the past, such as the saber-toothed tiger and, you know, the mastodons. And we have a mechanism that explains what we find in our world today. And the evolution has nothing like that to explain it. Now, one other thing before you cut in. You mentioned man. We also have a mechanism now that allows for man to not only, you know, to walk across into North America with plenty of time. And we also see evidence of man hunting, 
You know, we find the bones, the spears, all sorts of things that you would expect to find in that environment all the way down as it gets into North America. But man also went across the globe in boats. And so that's also an element that you have to think of as well. Well, the DNA science today is uh, showing us some interesting things of uh, how people, you know, like the American Indian. Correct. Where do they come from? Well, the science is telling us that they came from Asia. Correct. Well, how do they get here? Mm-hmm. Well, the answers you just gave. Exactly. We even have a ship that was found in uh, in California. Uh, in, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the river. Uh, it escapes me. The Sarah, Saratoga River, I, guess. I can't remember the name. But but uh, Admiral Zhanghe's fleet, uh, one of his ships is, is, is found in a river there. So we know the Chinese came over to the West Coast, and they had villages, and we've even found their money. Okay, Ming Dynasty money in America. You know, how is that possible? (laughs) Because they came over. Yeah. And so so as more um, exploration is done into artifacts within our world, the more we see a mechanism that that would need to be in place for that to happen parallels the history of the word of God versus man's history of the world with secular humanism. Wow. Now. How does that lead us to global warming? Yeah, well, global warming is a term that has been used politically for a number of years now. And yet the idea that man's life on the earth has influenced the atmosphere to cause warming that is harming things is preposterous when you understand the science behind it. One volcano burping produces far more aerosols into the into the atmosphere than all of man for all time with all the cars and everything we've created. And so creation.com has great articles on this and you can see that the science behind it uh, is 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 showing you that this idea that man's doing it, I'm sorry, we don't see that at all. That the, that the earth itself uh, is uh, taking care of itself and I would say that the Lord is superintending this whole process. Uh, so that we can do exactly what he wants us to do with the time he's given us. Um, let's get into some of the dinosaurs uh, issues that are out there. First of all, let's talk about the dinosaurs in the Bible. I think many of our listeners will be surprised uh, to know there's references mm-hmm. to dinosaurs. The descriptions sure. of them in the book of Job are just amazing. Cover that stuff if you would. Well, it's interesting. Before we go that way, we actually need to talk about the word dinosaur. Because the word dinosaur is a new word. It was invented by Dr. Sir Richard Owen, you know, in in 1841 uh, to to try to come up with a classification for the first what we call dinosaur bones that were being sent to him at the British Museum of Natural History. And so we didn't have the word dinosaur until 1841. So people today, if they're reading their... Uh, 1611 King James Bible, okay, let's say, you don't have the word dinosaur in 1611. It doesn't exist. So the question is, what word would be used to describe dinosaurs prior to the word dinosaur being invented? And that is the word dragon, you know, the Hebrew word tenin, okay? You know, and so that, uh, the word dragon, whenever you hear that, you should think the dragons of old are the dinosaurs in history, 
So now when we look at language and we go back in time and we see the use of dragon and you understand they're talking about dinosaurs, that changes your whole understanding of how to look at history. Wow. And so when we think about dinosaurs in the Bible, well, we start back to from day one. What did God do in creation? Well, on day uh, four, you know, he creates all the, all the vegetation. You know, on day five and six, he creates all the animals in the ocean and then on land, and he creates man. Well, are dinosaurs animals? Yes. Uh, and God created all the animals on day five and day six? Yes. Man was created on day six? Yes. So did man live with dinosaurs? Well, yes, starting right there from the beginning of creation. And in our minds, secular humanism has tried to separate the two all the time. In designing the Creation Museum, we went to many museums to understand how this was being promoted. The idea of old age and long periods of time. And it's amazing when you go look at those dioramas of the dinosaurs they set up, like at the Field Museum. What do you see? You see the dinosaurs. It's very sparse. There's just a few plants that are represented there, and you don't see anything else. And what it's subconsciously teaching you is this. Things were different in the past, millions of years ago. It's subconscious, and, and it's done on purpose. And yet the real history of the world, according to the Word of God, is what? The earth is lush, it's full of life, and all the animal kinds are living next to each other, man and dinosaurs. And so, right from the get-go, we realize, ah, biblical history, that's the way it is. And so when we look at dinosaurs in the Bible, we start with that precedent. Well, then what happens? Sin comes into the world, and it affects what? Everything, including what? Dinosaurs. So when we look in the fossil record, we realize we see dinosaurs in the fossil record. We realize that they were eating each other. But is that how they were originally created? No, because in the beginning, everything was created as a vegetarian. So something, a change had to happen. So when I find the fossil record, I see the dinosaurs were eating each other. Do I have an explanation for how they would start to eat each other? Yeah, I see the right conditions. Sin coming into the world. Well, what's the next major event in the history of the world? Where there's the flood. So what does that mean? God brought animals to Noah. Two of many kinds, seven of some others. And he puts them on the ark. And then I have kids tell me, you know, Tom, they say, dinosaurs went on the ark? And I say, yeah, and what are they thinking? They're thinking some big adult dinosaur like Noah shoving a stegosaurus, you know, through the door. Well, who said they had to take adult animals on the ark? Why is he putting the animals on the ark? He, he brought two of every kind that he wanted Noah to put on the ark, and they went on the ark, and they could take babies. They could take very young dinosaurs. And so they have real small ones that go on. The small ones get off. And by the way, when we look at our world today, the adult uh, uh, giraffe, the adult rhino, the big animals, they don't breed when they're, when they're fully large. They breed when they're younger, as young adults. And so God's putting the animals on the ark so that he can repopulate the earth. So he would put what young ones. So we got dinosaurs going on the ark and all the things that are outside of the ark, what? They die. And some of them become fossils. And that's where we find the majority of those dinosaur fossils today. So they got on the ark, they got off the ark, and they went out and started populating after their kind throughout the world. Well, folks, that's going to be it for today. But we do have a little more to get into tomorrow. I hope that you'll make plans uh, to join us uh, for that. And we've got some other subjects that we're going to be covering that are slightly different from our regular programming. 
Our program usually deals with the Christian apologetics of defending our faith against the false teaching of Islam and evangelism of Muslims and cutting into all the things that are going on in current events and dealing with that, uh, with a biblical point of view. But I hope, you'll, I hope you're enjoying this change, but we'll get back to our regular topics here in the near future. That's it for today. God bless. We'll be back with you tomorrow. We want to say a hearty thank you to all those who support Fortress of Faith with their prayers and financial gifts. We like to look at it as an army of believers who give of their talents and treasures for the kingdom's sake. Our monthly donors are the lifeblood of this ministry. They play a vital part to the financial needs to run this ministry. Tom often said, if we had an army of people who gave just $10 a month, we could get this message all over America and beyond. We call this campaign the Army of Ten, an army of people who give at least $10 a month. Last year, 124 of you were enlisted in this army who gave $10, some $15, $20, $25, $50, or even $100 a month. Many doing a little each month makes a huge difference to our ministry. It is amazing what God has accomplished in these six years with your support. We have grown from one station to over 300 stations. Over 40,000 people stream or podcast the program weekly online from all around the world. Over 2,000 articles have been published online, and over 80 Muslims have been converted from Islam to Christianity. Wouldn't it be great if in 2017 we had one monthly donor for each station we are on? That means we need an additional 176 soldiers of the cross who will enlist to give monthly at least $10 a month. Please call us today to enlist in the Fortress of Faith Army. Write this number down, 800-616-0082. Again, 800-616-0082. Or sign up online at fortressoffaith.com. That's fortressoffaith.com.